0: Hello everyone, it's Blue here, and I'm sitting here with Brett Sammet or Samo, known on in social media world, and we first met each other, I can't remember actually, so you'll be right, remember the story and we'll have a chat, I think it was Penrith, but we'll go from there. Good. Anyway, Brett,
1: say hello. Hello people, how are you going?
0: Tell me Brett, um, you've been doing a lot of um, training and exercise over the years, but like me, we're doing a lot but less now, what's been your sort of typical day now sitting around in Bathurst, beautiful weather out there too.
1: Yeah, so typical day will be um, taking my girls to school, go for a run, and then housework.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I I think actually our first time I met you was at the end of the 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 half marathon at Penrith, and I was coming in just under two hours, and I turned behind me, and there was a guy behind me. It was you. Was that you? Is that remember? Is that how you remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there was um not sure if there was paces there, but yeah, we were. Right on the two-hour cutoff, and I'm pretty sure it was about one hour 58, and they gave us the exact same time, I remember, yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, so that was 2010, and I don't think I saw you again after that until it was in the train and you were with a mate. I think you were staying at Wesley or Pennant Hills or something like that, and was it a half marathon or a marathon? It was very early in the morning, I remember that.
1: Or was it City to Surf? No, not no? City to Surf? It must no. have been Sydney Half Marathon. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, Sydney Half Marathon, so yeah, that was an early start. Train trip over to... Milsons Point, Point, yeah, and then yeah, then run across the bridge back to Sydney. So,
0: let tell me a little bit about um, the different sort of main events that you've done over your career, and when did you start? Where did all this running start with you, Brett?
1: Uh, where did it start? Um, I guess 2010 was one of my first runs. But I did the Fitzroy Falls Marathon back in about 2000. Oh, that was early 2000s. That was just on a whim, and. Um, I came in with about two minutes to spare, so I'm good at chasing cutoffs. I am.
0: <laughs> Actually, I did the O four, uh, the O five, and O six one. You might have been there at, at the same maybe race. Maybe you got 04. a T-shirt for it?
1: Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I was just on cutoff, and I think someone came out and basically ran me in at basically as the cutoff sweeper. So, or oh, the Horry or one of those guys did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you mentioned Horry. So, what was your involvement with uh, Cool Running Australia?
1: Yeah, so when I started running, I didn't really have any affiliation to any clubs and um, just got online one day and saw this group called Cool Running and I think they were supporting, it might have been the Sydney Marathon uh, around the Rocks area or around that area there and um, I saw the blue and yellow shirts and went home and looked it up and bought the shirt and bought the hat and yeah, the blue and yellow Cool Running hat.
0: So what year was that? Because I remember in 2004, I went there, I ran with the chaplain of my school at the time and I took a digital camera with me yeah. and I was running ahead with him taking photos. So was it as early as that? Were you still working then at that point in the, in the previous job?
1: No, so I, I, I was trying to think. I, I didn't run that year. I was down there spectating and I saw the run and I saw the, the cool running shirts. And um, that would have been would have been early 2000s. I started running, apart from Fitzroy Falls, I had a big gap between Fitzroy Falls and... The Western Marathon had a few few years of um, recovering, um, yeah, from from a job in the police, and then 2010 started to, I suppose, ramp it up and do lots of marathons and Ironman with you and 100Ks.
0: I didn't realise you started in 2010. You were pretty fit then. So what sort of your exercise regime been through your life? If you took you back to your twenties.
1: So when I was younger, I played soccer at quite a high level, so I was always quite fit. Um, lived at Cronulla, so I surfed a lot. And yeah, I was quite a fit guy back then and then entered the police force back in ninety four. Um and shift work, young family, yeah, so the weight piled on and exercise took a backseat to basically I guess growing up and becoming a mid twenties, middle aged man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mid twenties, middle age. I'm not quite sure that's the thing. Um this thing, look this is really awkward with one microphone. Those who are just listening to this, we've got a, a system here with two mics and for whatever reason the other mic is not working properly, this one here. But anyway, we're flicking backwards and forwards, we're doing the best as we can. You don't travel three hours not to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> um All right, when you say you played um pretty pretty football to a fairly high level, what was your position and and sort of you know, what sort of um things did you do to perform so well what were some of the things that made you a reasonable athlete all those around you a good athlete
1: yeah so i grew up in penrith where um i played basically soccer football from under sixes to under 18s and i played under a um a coach david seal who's um still lives in the area just a an amazing coach and he's actually i still visit him i see him downtown down down penrith and he's one of those guys that you trained hard but you um you're rewarded for for playing hard, but he, he affected quite a high level of, of basically football back then. And we went through to become the, the champion champions back in, uh, I think I was 16. So basically, yeah, we were be the best um, club team in the state. And then that, and that involved travelling, obviously, City Metropolitan. We also travelled out this way. We travelled down the south coast. And, and we had a few players back then um, who went on to play for Australia, like David Seal and those sort of guys. So, yeah, so it was a quite a high... Higher level team it was, and and um yeah, and we sort of played like a the typical Australian formation as well as we played like a Dutch formation. Um, went away from the old five three two formation to more of a four four two formation, and a lot more attacking, uh, less strikers up front, but more midfield. So, and no, no other team really knew how to to fight a four four midfielders when they were playing a three midfield defence. So, yeah, it was different, but it worked.
0: Um, I must admit I'm a little bit lost with that. I, when you say those numbers, you mean it's the the, the, the parallel um, players yeah. g- going from the center line to the the goalie, I guess.
1: Yeah. So back in the back in the eighties, it was called a five-three-two. Basically, it had five forwards, three halves, two fullbacks, and a goalkeeper. Um, and we decided to try a four, four-four-two, which basically was we went the reverse way. So that was four fullbacks, four halves, two forwards, um, and we relied on our two basically two wing halves to become. Additional, t- additional strikers um, or additional fullbacks, and we went through probably three years undefeated. Um, quite a high level team it was, and like I said, we we played hard. We trained hard. We trained old school. Like you did something wrong, you did laps. Um, I remember one day we, we lost a game, which, which we should have won, and punishment was pretty sure ended up being about a three hour session of just running as punishment. Um, and he he met our parents at the before the session and said, don't come back to whatever time it was, and just ran us around Jamison Oval basically all night.
0: <laughs> I want to jump forward to you. You're currently coaching a soccer team at the moment or a football team, yep. but what did you learn from that discipline of being in a team and training and coaching that you brought with you when you took up running and triathlons and running 24 hours in a gym too, I think? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I guess um, I've always tried to instill that you get out what you put in, um, whether it's life or sport in general. Um, and I've, I've coached some really good teams out this way the last few years, and I've coached a few champions. We've won a few comps, and um, I'm coaching a women's team this year as well as the 16-girls the reps team. Um, and we try and keep it fun. Like We try to instill some discipline, which they can take away to their life um, as well as on the soccer field. But it's more about having fun and keeping fit and trying to get these girls through this God, cool. this, this, this difficult part of their life is at, at 16 years of age and 17 years of age. And um, yeah, trying to put some positive role models in their life through different parents, through like the coaching team. And we just have some fun. And It's a really good bunch of bunch of kids, I guess. And um, I really enjoy having basically that team sort of under my belt at the moment. And we're playing on Sunday against Dubbo, who are a really strong, strong club. Um, but we'll go there and do our best and have some fun in the process.
0: So, is this a, a knockout? What happens on Sunday after Sunday if you win or don't win?
1: So, so Sunday, uh, basically due to COVID, there's the, the women's football in the Central West has dropped down a little bit and there's only us and Dubbo in our comp. Um, so, yeah, so it's um, we lost both games against Dubbo last weekend, so now we go to Dubbo and play on their home turf, I guess you could say, and it just comes down to basically trying to promote women's football um, in two sort of towns. and. I guess but build up like a friendly rivalry between our two towns. Mm-hmm. Um, normally Bathurst is in it. Normally um other towns are in it as well out like here, but Bathurst didn't come in this year, which is fine. But um us and Dubbo got a, a very strong rivalry going. Not quite the Parramatta Manly rivalry but, <laughs> <laughs> but Let's go it's, in R yeah. L <laughs> But um but yeah, but we we're building it up quite nicely and I think there's a lot of respect at the age group that, yeah you know, we're not playing for sheep stations, but we're playing for a bit of pride. Um, but also just fitness and makes them more friends, I guess. Yeah.
0: So I didn't realise that you only started out in running and triathlons um, pretty well. That race I saw you at Penrith around that time, your half marathon, you did. So I, that's something, you know, we've been sort of online friends and in, in face-to-face friends at different stages um, over our careers. Um, so you did the half, you did the half. Where did you go after that in terms of events, in terms of running first before we're going to triathlons?
1: Um, I guess I just – oh, after that event, I um... – had a, I suppose you could say a bit of a oh, sort of mental breakdown, I guess you could say, and um, ended up in the in a hospital for a few weeks and uh, medication and other treatment. And then I guess I needed an outlet because um, you know, being a police officer for so long and then basically being, being put into a ward, I lost my identity a bit. And I think I just enjoyed what that day running around, that the Lakers. it was called cool back then i decided to try and find some runs and i drove down to canberra and did the canberra half marathon um on a women loved it i loved the crowd um no one knew who i was you know, come from a small town where you're a policeman you're quite well known and you you can't really walk around you feel like you're in a fishbowl but drove down to canberra ran the half marathon and um I remember driving back to I think it was Yas McDonald's, and falling asleep at the McDonald's because I was so tired.
0: <laughs> I think there's a few of us out there have gone down to Canberra and thought I've got to get home because yeah. I've got to go to work the it's a next
1: long day. Drive home. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> drive home, and after after running up at six in the morning for the start of the run, then you you do your two hour half, we four hour marathon, then you got to get home up the up the highway. <laughs> it's a long drive.
0: I'll leave it to you if you want to, to, to the extent you want to talk to um how your health issues have come forward from there but it's clear that the running helped you and i'd like to pursue that line
1: yeah yeah Yeah. so um i was lucky to have a good team um like a psychiatrist and a psychologist here in town who although i am medicated i'm still medicated today and we've tried a few different types of medications we all agreed that running was i needed my running i needed the outlet i needed to smell the fresh air and obviously living in orange yeah, I've got Lake Canobbas and Mount Canobbas 10 K's away. I've got these beautiful trails. Um, I, get, I, get, I get up there daily now and that, that's almost like my medicine on top of my medicine. Um, and I get up there and I rarely see people up there, um, which I love. It's just it's like my backyard and I just get up there and just run and I start the day in a good mood. I don't run for time, I don't run for Strava segments or for you know to beat the clock. I just run, walk for some days, take photographs, you. Know. You know, sit back and reflect and then come home and then housework
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> looking a lot better than my place. let me assure you
1: <laughs> yeah when you i guess between nine and three when i take the girls to school and pick them back up i'm a you know dad housewife you know everything else in that in that um you know in that realm of things being being a you know, so six so single dad to my two girls it's it's a tough gig but yeah, like I said, I, I enjoy it and yeah, you know, they're my priority at the moment and and um yeah, make sure that when they're home at three o'clock, yeah, I'm I'm available for them. Yeah, so yeah.
0: So what was your first marathon? Do you remember that and what was it like?
1: Well, first marathon would have been, yeah, Fitzroy Falls. That was cut off. Um I'm pretty sure it was Canberra and it was yeah, like a, a high f- actually I think it might be the Canberra fifty. I remember running it was sorry, yeah, I remember running through the old finishing chute and he was standing there and the 50 kilometre kept going through the finishing chute and did like a half lap around right. the lake and he was holding my medal up but he invited me to the 50 and <clears throat> so I thought eight more k's you know like how hard can it be and I ended up running and <laughs> got to the turnaround point and the, the table was bare and there was this red half eaten snake on the ground and I ate that because I was like yeah, I was oh, it was longest four k's of my life to get back yeah. um, and a few of the because I've met a few of the guys from Orange Runs Club, and they sort of hung around to see me finish. But I think that eight k took almost like an hour and a half. But it was good. It was a it was an amazing feat. But um, and I just got hooked in. I think I got hooked in. I suppose a minor a bit of like the accolades of receiving a medal, yeah, you know, a few pats on the back, and and then I was I was, I was you know seeing people like you know like Horry, you know like um yeah you know, like Jane and yeah you know, all these amazing people who you know, they social they're social media weren't well, even friends, i are more like social media personalities who I knew of. And as you know, they're they're calling you by your name and you felt a bit of pride, like these legends, you know, Brick and Keith, all these guys who you've seen running these 100, 200 marathons, who now know you by your first name. And it made you feel like you were inclusive in this group. And whether you're chasing chasing cutoff or whether you were winning, no one cared back then. It was just a it was lovely to have that that group of people to pull me through. Well, was quite a tough time, yeah, back in that sort of 2010 to about 15, yeah.
0: Because um, you're very selfless because a lot of the runs you do, they're often piggybacking a charity or something yeah. like that. And and the charities are often related to issues in the local area here yeah. as well that you've done. Yeah. What are some of the charities that you've done? And, and tell me, did you do an Ironman or was it a 24-hour run in a gym here somewhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I do like t- – when I – Started running, I, I didn't understand why people ran. And I started to hear that if you want to run for, for do a race, run for some other reason. And so that was when I came up, you know, like with Ronald Don House or, or, um, or Jane McGrath Foundation or um, the Breast Cancer Foundation. And I found that by running for a charity, it pushed you because if you gave up, you're giving up on them. And a lot of times people who you're running for couldn't run. And so you're basically running on their behalf and you know, happy to wear, you know, wear the, you know, the singlets, you know, or the you know, whether it be the for black dog or whether it be for you know, McGrath Foundation or um a few of them, even running in the cool running shirt back then, you know, like you see a fellow cool running person, you get the high five or you get the, the nod or and it just gives you that extra probably five second boost, then you collapse it again. <laughs> yeah, but it just gives you that little boost and but um but yeah, so I was quite quite closely with um McGrath Foundation uh, for years and then I just need a challenge and I was just doing some research and I saw that there was indoor Ironman had been done by a gentleman in UK but he rode the swim league. So there was no official indoor Ironman swim run, swim bike run record. I thought I'll give it a crack. Um, how hard can it be? <laughs> so <laughs> the local gym has a 25 metre pool. Um, so yeah, so we teed up to do 100 and whatever it was laps um, and then I rode on my bike, Florida, the Florida Ironman course on the Trainer for 100, 180 Ks, and then did the full marathon, the 42 Ks on the treadmill. And it was about 12 and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I think we raised, we raised 27 or something thousand. We raised a lot of money for McGrath Foundation, which was nice, but it was just a big day.
0: <laughs> so you talked about people like um, Horry and Brick and Jane and all those who, uh, who are real people and they're involved with running in that. And you just sort of alluded to the fact that yeah you know, that they sort of they have a social media sort of presence as yeah. people follow them. Yeah. It'd be fair to say that you had a fairly high profile here in the Orange community for the work you were doing.
1: Um, yeah, I, I guess I did. Um, so my, my wife went through breast cancer from yeah from sort of 2000, I guess 2010, 2005 to um, 2017. So, and we're both in the police in town, so we had a bit of a supposed to fo- be a good following here. And we used the, the media to try to ra- raise funds. And we had a few balls and those sort of things. So um, people knew that I was like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't Orange's best runner, but I was always out there and said, so I was running marathons and doing 100K events and doing Ironman. Um, so they, they knew of me, which was nice. And I got a lot of support from the local community. Um, like are running around every day in the streets and those sort of things. You know, cars toot their horns and <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. But, but yeah, so being a small country town, it's just a it's a good running community out here. The
0: the other thing that you're brave about, Brett, is that is a lot braver than me. Is you actually put your goals out there before you do them, whereas I I actually do what I want to do. And if I've succeeded, I will go tick, you know, and I've done it sort of thing. Whether I've run from A to B, but it's not about me. So recently there was a run in the Blue Mountains towards the end of what we, we're talking about here and you put it out there you are going to run but you, you didn't run. How did you manage that?
1: Yeah, so I... So UTA 100, so you're 100 kilometres through the stunning Blue Mountains National Park. Um, it's been a, a, like a bucket list race of mine for a long time because almost everyone, the who's who in running has run it. Um, the who's who in running has won or two. So... Um, I first attempted it back in 2017 and my wife and daughters were staying on the course at about the 55K mark. And I got to, I basically ran, I ran to a point where I just got home, I guess. And I just, I missed my girls and I missed my wife. And I um, spoke to a good friend, Mel and said, take me home. So she basically drove me home. She did uh, at the yeah, 50K mark. And so I thought I'll come back. And so I went back in 2019 and like trained with it with a with a coach um, with um Kerry Nelly over in Squadron, and we trained with them and uh, got to eighty kilometres, which is the QV um, Hospital. And a young guy in front of me, his backpack clipped a um quite a sturdy stick, and it flicked back and cut my my eye. So I I lost vision in my left eye during the run. Oh, wow. Yes, that was um. So I got to the checkpoint and. Because I had no vision in my left eye uh, from the from the where where he, the stick cut me. They wouldn't let me continue on, so I got driven to Orange oh, Sorry, to Kutuma Hospital, where they did some tests and um, due to from that section to the finish line being quite a isolated section um, down below three sisters and having a sheer drop to your left, having no left vision. Uh, the doctor basically de me, and yeah, I was gutted. Because I was like, yeah, it was just it was a run of my life. It was probably my best run even though I've done longer runs that was probably my best 80ks that ever run um, so I thought nuts nah. so as soon as the edges open up I signed up for last year's race but obviously with COVID, it got it got stopped so I rolled it over to this year and um yeah I, I put it out there a while ago that I was going to run the 100 and uh, had a pretty had a pretty tough year with you know a lot of personal things happening and um, yeah like I couldn't train as hard as I wanted to and the weight crept on and my mental health was in quite a, probably one of the worst spots I've been for a while. But I thought accountability by social media, so I put that there and said, <laughs> "Here's me packing my bag." So I took a few photographs of me packing you know, the mandatory get bag, and I drove down to Katoomba on the Friday. Probably fifty-fifty, I was going to run. You know, I was just physically, I was almost there, but it's more of a mental run. Like I'm in it's, it's a, it's a mental challenge, and a good mate from Sydney. Um, Recognised that I was was struggling, so he drove up to see me um, that that Friday night, and we had a really good chat in the cabin. And basically, he just instilled a few little confident pointers in me. Basically, said, "Look, next year we'll run together, but this year get through this year." Um, and I went to bed basically thinking I'll run tomorrow; it'd be fine. But I three o'clock, I had a, bit of a panic attack. I wake up and repack my bag, yeah, you know, the mandatory bag, and went back to sleep and stared at the roof. Half past four, did it again, repacked my bay again. And I was just and I just couldn't get out of that just this oh, just the same repeating pattern. Um, and then it was yeah, you, know, you get to a thing you know, like it's it's okay to, you know, to, to fail, but at least you got to start. You know, there's a big thing about, you know, at least DNS better than didn't start and um give it a try, you know, do that first step and you'll be right. And Lamen off at about six. You hear the other people in the cabins, you know, moving around. So that general as you know, that morning excitement wasn't there mm. and I couldn't get out of bed. Um you know, I texted a few friends and I just, I couldn't physically get out of bed to get going. And then I was basically look, was looking at the clock, just I saw, you know, wave one start, heard the gun, heard everything, I think heard all the, the commotion, then wave two, then there was like three minutes to my wave started. And I thought I was, I actually got out of my cabin, and I was only staying half a K from the finish, from the start line, but, a mate, he was walking for a later start. Saw me. He's like, he was quite shocked because he thought I should have been starting. And and um, even he said, he said, "Mate, you're not ready." He he could see obviously in my eyes that I wasn't, I wasn't doing it for the right reason. Like I almost had nothing to prove, and I wasn't medic- mentally um, ready to start. So I was hoping to leave straight away, but I was locked in because the course was closed. <laughs> so so um, the girl said, "Oh, sorry, I can't open the gates for two hours." Because so my plan was basically just to come home. Cause I, was, I was very homesick. My girls are here. I was very homesick. So I um, sat there, got a coffee and sat in the sideline and just cheered two hours of people passing me. And it was nice because people who didn't know, because obviously no one knew, were shocked to see me. And some ran past with this look in their eye like, who was that? What's yeah, what's happened? And some people stopped and hardly to me to chat. And um, the fact that people stopped their race and yeah, that might have lost a minute or two, but they were concerned with my welfare enough. You know, A few times there they'd, they'd leave and I was like, yeah, crying um, and a few comments from people like they're like who are you like why is people hugging you I'm like oh, I'm, I'm a nobody but they're friends and I should be racing with them so oh, I'm, a, I'm a nobody I'm nothing special um, but yeah but it was nice that people like most of those are social media friends and yeah, most of just Facebook friends you, mm. you, you, really, you rarely see them you see them once a year mm. at a race like that but those races bring us together and that, that's why you do them that's social and then when Jane you know, came past the sweeper, she was just like you, know, you, you can see in her eyes like she was disappointed for me, because I've known Jane for a long time, and she knows my struggles, and um, yeah, and we've joked about if she catches me, she'll get me home because that's her job—that that that's sweeper, yeah, get get the last person home. And, and actually, I was, I was looking forward to having a tough day and hoping that she picked me up because um, Lucy was there and Jane and Sj, and so that was almost almost my goal was let let him catch me and have a nice twenty k walk with you know, three amazing role models, you know, three almost like heroes of the sport, um, but. Drove home and that's it. <laughs>
0: Thank you for sharing that. I won't go any more there, but I remember following that and I thought, oh, something's happened. And I thought, all right, I'll just wait; it'll appear eventually. <laughs> something that it came through, and eventually you did do a little post, or I yeah. might have even messaged you or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's just only two weeks ago. Okay. Let's travel back. So you've 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 done your marathon. Probably the next thing was Iron Man before the real ultras, wasn't it? Mm. You got it. so what was your what was your Yes, what led you to the Ironman racing?
1: Yeah, so um, for some reason in Orange, Ironman and oh, Triathlon really had a big boom and all my running friends were doing triathlons. So it was almost like being one of the cool kids and try to do triathlon. So my first triathlon was on a you know, 20 kilogram giant mountain bike, which I think all mm-hmm. was the same thing. We all rode the mountain bikes with the big stack hats and yeah. um, and just couldn't believe how how hard it was to run off a mountain bike. So yes, yeah, so I bit the bullet like most most middle-aged men do, and spent more than my first car on a, on a triathlon bike. You know, like it's just it's just I think my first car was 1999. My first triathlon bike was you now four thousand dollars, and it's um, but just fell in love with it, and I did the did a few local races, and then I did the Shepherd and Half Ironman. Man. Yeah. Um, just loved it, and what wasn't I said six hours wasn't a challenge, but it was still enough to get that um a buggered bit, like you know, and then I heard about this man thing, and you know, like the old, wild world sports days, you know, like watching you know, all those Ironmen in those days yeah. running around Foster. It was like it was, it was out of your league. There's no way a person in my condition at my age could do an Ironman, and so I hooked up with um with Mel Ashton, who's quite a well-known um basically Ironman athlete, um, Australia and obviously overseas, and she had a little group in town, so I hooked up with her and yeah did Port back in two thousand Ten? <laughs> fourteen? <10? 14? laughs> fourteen it was, 14 yeah, yeah two thousand fourteen. <laughs> um and didn't get a plan but didn't care. Had no goals, had no ambitions, had no yeah, and just loved it.
0: Actually, I remember that because I remember seeing because it's really hard that course because you pass the finishing area about twenty times. Yeah. You hear the music, and I get off the bike, and the leaders is just coming in for the win. So for the whole marathon, you're seeing people going in the finishing chute, and you know you've got to pass it eight yep. times. But I remember I was headly heading out on my last leg to Soldiers Point. I think yeah, it is yeah, out yeah. past yeah. the club, and you were coming in at that last check station, last and you were. You were finishing and yep. we high-fived yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you look good for having a bad day so well yeah. done yeah no,
1: i think it's um i think it's in, i think if you saw me that way down the street you'd be concerned <laughs> you know with the malnutrition and the the rash and you know, the, the chafing and those sort of things but it's just it's one of those events where i always thought it had this you know this elitism to it and i suppose it does a bit but once you get past and the good thing about the port macquarie course is being laps every lap a group of people finish so by that third and fourth lap, those out there they're surviving, and they're all like you. Yeah, there's, no, there's no elite out there. There's no egos. There's just people who are putting one foot in front of the other. There could be doctors, it could be mums, there could be you know soldiers. Everyone's out there. It doesn't matter what you are right now. Your goal is to run that last seven k's back to the finish line, kick up that ramp. <laughs> it's amazing how you know, a two meter incline can just kill your legs after 13, 15 hours out there. And
0: what uh, is it? How many kilometers does it say on the street? 226.
1: 226 miles, yeah, yeah, so 3.8 swim up that beautiful river yeah. through the boats, um, worrying about sharks. And then that 180k bike ride, which is so steep, one part they put carpet there so you can walk up That's it, right, up yeah. that hill, do it twice, <laughs> get off your bike and then go and run a marathon. Like, sure. <laughs>
0: What I remember about the swim is, is, is you had to actually swim out to a weir, then you climb over the weir, yeah. go around the other side, do a rectangle, and come back. But I remember I was swimming and I was I only breathe on one side, and I and I and I just flicked to the left hand side to breathe for a change. And there were people standing there walking, and I put my hand down further, and I was touching the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so
1: so that weir, I um when I got to the weir, I had tinted goggles on, um and it was quite a murky like water and. The guy yelled out to me three steps and as I came up, like one, two, three, and I went to run and I kicked and I broke my toe on the top oh, step that's right. yeah. and it made this sound and they were going, oh, and as I dove back in, the water pressure is just, oh, so basically I was swimming with one kick and oh. one, one was dragging um, and then when I got to the bike leg, the sock was hurting my toe, so I had to basically ride with no socks, so blisters started and, and, and um, yeah, and it, that the run leg was very similar so that my, sh- my foot kept hitting into my shoe. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was no idea. But, but like I said, we did. I did a race and I, wouldn't, I couldn't even tell you the time. You know, I don't care because it was just an amazing just an amazing day, 13, 14 hours, where it was. Let um, yeah. me tell you this. I saw you at
0: about 9.30. Because <laughs> I finished. No, even earlier, probably about 8.30 because I finished about 10 past 10. Yeah, 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 So I was working backwards from the cutoff like, <laughs> like you. Um I was gonna say the bike ride, it was really cold. That's what caught yes. me. And I remember there's a hill going heading south and I remember going down the hill and I was on the drop bars and I thought this is a bit wild. So I just came up and just as I did it, the wind came along and it hit the side of my bike and my bike just went in the air and bunny hopped yep. to the left. Yeah. I couldn't believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember that day, I remember the catching the wing. I will I, I rode in these like um well like disc brake like disc wheels. No, they weren't too thick, but I remember the same thing. I was some of the hills you're hitting 30, 40 kilometers an hour, and you get those gusts of wind. And because your your wheels are quite thick. Um, The wind just doesn't go through the spokes, hits the wheels, and it does knock you. And Mm. you're constantly engaged to keep that front wheel Mm. steady. Um, But yeah, it was just, and then it was cold, cold night, cold breezes. And and I said, and going past that finishing shoot, I said, eight times, and just seeing people finish and hearing cheers and one to go. And then up around the wall, and it was just a. a Yes, yeah, so it was a good course for that reason that you stay close, otherwise, like a big out and back would just destroy you. The fact that although it, it hurt your you know, mental to come through the finishing shoot so many times, it was nice to know that that's one less time. Yeah. And to see, you know, see the, the people who were finishing it ahead of you was quite an amazing feat. And I think you're right, yeah, like starting the bike leg when the f- person finished was quite demoralising. <laughs> <laughs> or finishing yeah. the bike leg yeah as they were finishing the whole race
0: <laughs> or or, or you finished 45 kilometers at the cycle and they're and they're out yeah. on the marathon yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so from the Ironman then you transitioned into real ultra trail running I think would be fair to say and you've you've actually done a lot of traveling I don't know how you did it at times I've seen oh I'm on a road trip and all of a sudden you appear in Townsville I know that's family related not yeah. necessarily events but you've talked about Sheppard and things like that you've done a I remember there was one down on the, 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 the coast of Melbourne you did. Was that one of your first trail yeah. ones?
1: Yeah, so I did the, in the space of six months, I did 300k races. I did um, Great Ocean Walk 100, which was, yeah, down that Anglesey area. Uh, and then I did the um, Surf Coast Century, which again was around Bells Beach. And then I did Tarawera. <clears throat> so, yeah, so over New Zealand. So so three, three big 100k races in a very short period, but... Again, no goals. I think the first one, <clears throat> part of me, I marched it in with six minutes to spare. Um, and then, yeah, that was a, like an 18-hour cut off, And then the other one was maybe half out of spare. <laughs> 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 and then and then Tarawara wasn't, Tarawara was, um, yeah, Tarawara was like, that was a race, but that was just to go over there and meet people, meet some friends from New Zealand. And um, I, didn't mind, I didn't mind my finishing time. And like I said, same medal. But um, I think it was Surf Coast Century. There's only about 80 of us did it. And when you finished the next day, they gave you your, your buckle. But I was in a surf club at Anglesey, which had about 20 steps. So I don't know whether the, the event organisers were just being mean or whether that was part of the parcel. But, yeah, you'd have to walk up these stairs. And then they gave you meals out from last to first, which was quite a quite nice thing because everyone got to see everybody finish. But watching... People walk up that up those stairs Oh, it was my, my girls loved it they were, they were in tears and yeah because obviously after running 100 k's through the night and then back up in the morning to um yeah climb these stairs was yeah but yeah I think yeah I think the hardest thing to finish those races is that you forget the pain next morning mm-hmm. and get your socks off <laughs> the chafing where wherever where they chafed um but yeah it's just like it's a it's just you know those, those sort of runs like they're challenging and then, yeah you can train all you want but it's the mental that gets you through you know, like that surf coast entry. There was five five guys or four guys walking together, and we were right on cutoff. We had the sweepers with us, and one guy stopped just to relieve, to relieve himself, and he missed cutoff. Like, oh yeah. wow, because he lost that camaraderie of having. And we were just on the poles and just basically. And you watch guys beep, and you think, okay, one kilometer. And it's not like, good. It's like a fifteen minute kilometer. And you think, how did I walk one kilometer in fifteen minutes? You just can't physically. But you're walking so slow, and mm. such a, like a gap in your in your stride. And but um, but you finish it, you get your medal, and Sign up,
0: again. <laughs> Sign
1: up again. Sign up again.
0: So, have, so we've talked about running, football, Ironman triathlete, triathlete, ultra running. Is there anything I've missed? In terms of, is there like you haven't done sprinting or anything? Park run mate. Park run. Oh yeah. How many park runs have you done?
1: Nine. <laughs> Nine. I, I, I. am too. Old, I'm too old to run fast. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I think. I think I, I didn't mind our local park I did a few park runs locally, um, yeah, five K so thirty minutes is your first goal. So I joined that club down, yeah, the five thirty runners, which was yeah, that five five K, thirty minutes and you bump get bump into a few, a bit like the cool running group. And um yeah, in Orange you might you might come tenth, you might come, yeah, twelfth, you that's not twenty six minutes, twenty five minutes. And you get a Sydney or you get a Port Macquarie Lake Macquarie, you know, and you're you're doing a sub-25 and you're coming 100th. You know, and there's kids like this big are running past you, like you know, four-minute Ks and guys pushing prems are running 330 Ks. Yeah. And it's a good. It's, a, it's amazing how that, how that thing, how runner has brought, the, like the mums and dads can run with their kids and you can run a safe 5K area and you finish you know, within a few minutes of each other. It's really, I think it's done a lot for our fitness, a lot for our, obviously our, um, our the community sport. But I was just, just too old to run fast.
0: <laughs> okay. I agree with that. You've done a lot of events that are in the limelight and we're, we're beyond the limelight now. Well, I definitely am. Um, but you also just dis- disappear and do things. I remember we, you know, a couple of times we've been up the central coast and we we did a, a lovely run through the bush from um, minor over the hill into McMaster's yeah. and looked around and came down to the back of yeah, someone's yeah, house. Yeah. Remember that? Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were yeah, stuck yeah, in the bush yeah, beside yeah. someone's house. Yeah. And the other time we did a run, you uh, um, came on one of my 6K runs in, in Avoca. Yep. And you just said on the side, I'm just going to go for a run tomorrow. Do you want to join me? And, you know, and I said, what time are you starting? And you said, 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening with me. But then I followed that up. Do you remember that? Yeah, and Why would you do that? No one knew about that. And no. you, you didn't publicize that. No. It's just something you wanted to do.
1: So Yeah, so we used to have a holiday house at the entrance, as long as I can remember. And I always wondered how big was Tugger Lake. I always wondered how big it was. And, and back then it was like one of those, you know, those kid thoughts you know, and then but being a i guess a bit of a runner i thought i'm gonna run around it one day and i was up there for a holiday with my girls just a, a mid, you know, mid-term break and um yeah day before i sat in the girls and i said to the to oldest one i'm gonna run around the lake so i mapped it out it ended up being like 48 and a half kilometers but i wanted to do, obviously do an even 50 so i mapped out a 50k version of it and um it yeah, put the girls to bed at, end up right, leaving it ended up leaving it at 10 pm i left yeah, left at ten PM in the end. Um and yeah, it took me I think I finished right on sun sunrise. So coming down over the, the main entrance bridge at sunrise. Um but it was an amazing it was quite the back of the the back of the lake's quite um yeah, quite dark and quite isolated and um yeah, at some points, you know, like cars were driving past and they come back Couple of times and oh, that, wow. yeah, so I was it's a bit, yeah, yeah I, was, I was a bit worried. A few times there, you sort of like pe- walking from people's front yards. Cause a lot of farm, a lot of farms, like little acreage properties. Um, once I got up to so of clear area, I felt a lot safer. And um, and then yeah, then the the last of the last run, um, sort of down 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 towards the bridge was. It was just a nice, it was just a nice, it was a nice way to tick it off. And um, I think I got back to where I was staying at forty nine point two k's and. As us runners, you can't. Yeah, you, you always see the person doing on their watch and say make it make it fifty point one because it's otherwise it's fifty.
0: You can see it on Strava. There's a thicker line.
1: <laughs> there is, yeah. So for some reason we can never do a forty nine or a twenty two. It's got to be a, 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 a nine point eight. Must be ten ks. And but um yeah. So that was one of those runs, and I love those runs. Like to me, this like I love going places and just running. Like it's like yeah, you, you can explore things on foot, but like I, like. Yeah, I, I did a race up at uh, C- Cairns. It was called Three Marathons, Three Days. <clears throat> yeah, so that was three in- interconnecting marathons over three days in the hinterland of Cairns in July. So I left here in snow, went up to Cairns for a family holiday, and mid thirties running these stupid hilly West Cairns marathons, um, and with like ten hour cut offs, and you're just scraping home. <laughs> yes, but yeah. but it was um it was amazing to do it in um. But yeah, but I guess they're the ones that they're not a big race, but to me they're as challenging because that's mental. You know, it's just like you you walk a lot of it because it's such a hilly and you're following power lines and that. But it's a mental challenge, which I guess that helps you live because like unless you're a lead athlete, unless you're running for like a pay packet or a, a lifestyle, you know, us guys back of the pack, yeah, we just run for a little self applause and you know, a little medal maybe. But um, I guess it's just a sense of achievement. Yeah, so those sort of runs are – and that was tough because so many times you wanted to pull out. You know, like to to run a marathon, and finish, then do another two, and then to drive home, knowing you got to do another one tomorrow. And um, but yeah, but that was one of those probably one that's probably one of the most, most satisfying races I've done or events I've done was the three and three. Yeah, mm. but yeah, so that was good.
0: You talked about medals and t-shirts. Have you kept them all, or have you get rid of them? I can't get rid of them.
1: So t-shirts, I've probably got most under my bed. Um, <laughs> we got that pretty quick. Yeah, I knew it was. <laughs> uh, a few, a few got prior place. Um, the medals, I only keep my marathon and basically ultra stuff at the moment because all the tens and fives that they're in a box in the garage. But my main hundreds, cause I think I've done maybe twenty six twenty six marathons now. Um, yeah, two I men, maybe three or four hundreds. So they're all in my display. Um, but yeah, but the rest are all packed away. <laughs>
0: I'll put you on the spot here. Um, when you're when you're thinking about things, what's if you have a vision or something like that, where you you know you want to achieve something? What would be some tips for some people that are starting out, you know, to actually become involved in this? And what are the benefits? In running, running, or, yeah, exercise in life. Put it that way. Yeah. I guess they
1: put pressure on yourself, and um, I guess understand what your limits are, but still challenge yourself because there's no point like no point running a ten k and trying to get some sense of achievement, unless you're trying to run like a sub 40 or a sub 30, a I minute mean 10K, you need to sort of set yourself outside that boundaries where half marathon's your first goal, you know, and then you go through the marathon, then you go 50. But same people go from like a park run to a 50K to be in the click or in the cool group, but they lose the, you lose that reasons why they do it. You know, the big why do you run those distances? And people, some people run these days for the medal. Um, and you hear them online you now, the, the event ran out of medals or well, the event gave last year's medals. And, People forget that they've trained all year, they've sacrificed family time, they've sacrificed money and um, yeah, quality time, and their goal is to medal. Whereas, you know, what's the saying you now? Like, enjoy the journey, or joy, not destination. Yeah. So, and I've got so many finish line medals, a finish line memories, but sometimes you see finishing memory photographs of people stopping their stopping their watch. They mm-hmm. yeah, see them cross the finish line with their hand on their watch, worrying about that one second. And everyone, I I, I talk to, I keep saying to them, run through the finish line, get your medal, then stop your watch because. Although Strava is the governing body, um, who cares? I'd rather have a nice, proud finishing photo and not a hand-on-watch looking at your time because that that way, basically, you've removed all those memories of the race, whether it be an hour or 12 hours, to one moment in time of stopping your watch on the exact line. Um, And and down the track, like, like I said, I can't tell you to the second any of my races. I can tell you hours, like roughly hours, but stopping your watch on the finish line to me, destroys the whole event and destroys the history, destroys the memory. Looking back at photographs and seeing you hug someone or uh, cross the line with your mate and those sort of things, that's the, that's what makes that event worthwhile. Um, not crossing it, stopping your watch, you know. So, but I think it's just enjoy it and just if you can find a group, find a running group, um, and again and vary it up. Like uh, do your own self runs as well, but get out there with your friends and challenge, be, be challenged by people around you to run faster or slower or hillier. Um, but just enjoy it, you know, it's just, and you yeah, jump on social media. I don't think Cool Runnings is still going. I think it's just, it's, is Cool running still going or is it, no, yes, that's a shame because that, that was a group of basically, back of the packers with a few semi-elite um, but there was, yeah, there was like camaraderie, there was yeah, a bit of banter and that's what you needed in, yeah, my dog's joined us. Um, yeah, and that's what you need because otherwise you take it too serious yeah. which people do, people do take running too serious at times and um, like I said, unless you it puts food on your table just enjoy it Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me I've listened to, I listened to a lot of podcasts on my run and there was one I uh, I've listened to it called the high performance podcast. I think it is, or it's Purple Patch, one or the other. And it talks it talks about three things. And one is performance in context, high performance in context. Embrace the journey yep. and now the basics. Yeah, yeah. And you've and you've actually embraced the journey because for you, it, running is as much physical as it is social for you. Mm. It's connecting with people.
1: Yeah, that, that's true. And um. It, <sighs> It's hard because I'm an introvert. I'm a massive introvert, which this podcast doesn't probably show that. <laughs> uh, yeah, hi. Um, but yeah, you know, COVID year of COVID, obviously my element, and I loved. You know, I loved not having to see people and meet people. Um, I'm a very nervous person. Um, I and that's why I think that's why I think I can't I can't nail down UTA because I know almost half the people there. I know some people there, and expectations of them are less than my expectations, but still, I feel like I'm in this fishbowl. Um, whereas when I went to Surf Coast Century, when I went to and Walk, Tarawera, no one knew me. Cairns, Cairns, no one knew me at all, and I could just run. And if I failed, no one cared. If I succeeded again, no one cared. Um, so as much as our running community, like I said, it's it's almost like my second family. I love it so much. I do feel this sense of oh, it's almost like that imposter syndrome where like. I feel like I belong, but I don't belong because, yeah, I can name drop, you know, the top 10 male, female runners in the world and you know, in Australia, and I know them personally, mm-hmm. but I'm not in their league. But sometimes you think, well, by name dropping them, are you, do you think you're in their league? You know, so it's hard. It's just that, like, I know where I sit in the place. I'm a back of the packer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sweep chaser, but I, I do it for me. I do, you know, a bit, I guess, make my girls feel proud about me a little bit. Um, but as far as, you know, my social connection with my social friends, then yeah, it's more for me. And there's just that, I guess, challenging myself both physically and mentally, which, um, yeah, it gets harder these days because you know, I'm 50 next year. So there's a lot, a lot more under
0: the bridge. <laughs> Youngster. <laughs> look, I, I, One thing I want to talk to you about, you've mentioned it once, but I know it's high on your consciousness, is weight. How have you managed that, particularly when you're not running as much now? What's your approach? And how does it sort of do your head in as yeah. you're juggling it?
1: Yeah, so uh I've I've had a weight issue now for probably probably close to ten years. Um my my weight fluctuates between, you know, like eighty to a hundred and five. You know, it's just um I guess my medication I you know, I'm still on quite, you know, high dose of medication, um, you know, for PTSD, anxiety and depression and you know, suicide, that sort of stuff. Um and yeah, although medication has warnings, you know, can put on weight, can cause weight gain and um I just find that I I I do comfort eat. And one thing I never understood, like I just hear that saying, "Oh, people comfort eat." I was like, "That's BS." You know, like get off the couch, go for a run, eat properly. And um, I went through a phase there, which I'm still trying to break now. Was I would run for a reward. I'd go for a run, and my reward would be a donut or a chocolate or a milkshake or something like that. And that was I'd go for a run, almost run to a calorie count to come home to justify my my snack. Um, yeah and I say it quite embarrassing that that was I ran for that purpose Um, and my weight ballooned and you know like a, you know I'm probably sitting at probably high 90s now which you know like it's not going to kill me but it doesn't make me run any faster but it's just like when you go for a run and you're not you know you not getting I suppose the, the results you wanted Um, it does make you feel a bit like yeah like I don't eat you know eat properly Um, I guess it's hard too because like I said I'm here from you know nine or three, I don't work, you know, I'm not working at the moment. So is that, I don't go, I don't leave the house, um, unless, I'm, unless I'm sort of shopping, if I'm doing, um, going for a run or doing school pickup. So it's sort of hard to, to not chuck on Fox Sports and watch Liverpool or watch Parramatta and eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, I eat, I, I love my food and I eat, but most of the days I eat quite well, but I don't sleep. I don't, you know, I'm in bed at you know, three in the morning, most days I just don't sleep well. Um, I suffer quite serious flashbacks to it from the police, so I hate sleeping. Um, I sleep most more on the couch, than I do my bed. Um, and that's when, I, that's when I tend to, you know, I tend to eat when I'm sitting here bored, and I will just eat just junk. You know, I'll, I'll buy snacks for the week and or school snacks for the week, and come Tuesday, the girls are like, "Dad, where's our school snacks?" I'm like, mm, <laughs> "In the bin." <laughs> so yeah, so I don't like it, but you know, like it's one of those things. Like, I guess by, um, yeah. yeah, talking about it, I might kick myself in the gear but yeah
0: does it really matter like it's just weight or is it is it do your head in because you have put weight on
1: i guess not having control like it's um uh, i guess i guess we, we make decisions which affect our life every minute of the day like we make we do we do control our lives a lot and i guess like uh, everyone tells me that they're happy for me that happy that i've um he lost it
0: <laughs> still
1: going yeah um yeah so um I, it does get me down when i and you know, when i can't fit in pants that i've got to fit in last year or or it gets me down when i you know I buy a like a finishing shirt you know when it's got like an excellent on an l or an m and mm. um but in saying that and like a few people said to me yeah you know, like like yeah, like I do suffer, you know, quite serious depression, and you know I have had, you know, like, you know suicidal thoughts in the past, and I guess they're like, well, we'd rather have a fat mate than a skinny, you know, memory, mm. and it's like it's, and that's why I, I guess that if I eat and it keeps me alive, and I get comfort out of eating, then I'll keep eating, you know, because it's, yeah, you know, to live for. Um, I just got to try and learn to control, I guess that vice I've got, which is just
0: food. <laughs> I call it competing obsessions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we all have different obsessions. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Moving forward, um, what what are some of the sort of things you want to do basically with your your girls now in the, in the coming in the coming months and years?
1: So yeah, so obviously Emily seventeen and tegan thirteen. Um, so obviously yeah, m's year twelve now. So get her through her l's get her onto her Ps, get her through a you know, HSE. Um. She's hoping to, I think nursing's up her in one of her things, so that that's sort of her, her thing at the moment. And yeah, she got a lovely boyfriend who you know, I just adore. Yeah, you know, like it's hard at this age, like, and we know when we we're seventeen, you know, what we did as boys. And um, when I met this boy, I was just I've I've known him through soccer for quite a few years, so I was happy when when she told me that they were dating. <coughs> and um, yeah, I said it's yeah those nervous weeks, months, and they've been together now for almost a year, and oh, he's he's like family. You know, he's one he's a lovely kid and absolute manners that I adore and you know, he's, got, he's got Emily's best you know intentions at heart and so yeah so I think she's on the right track there and you know little Teague's is 13 netball so now I've gone from being a soccer dad to a netball mum. um <laughs> different crowd god yeah like it's just yeah like I love the netball but I love my soccer but netball I'm still learning the rules and etiquette on the sideline um yeah lots of has-beens or wannabes or never were on the sideline who Love giving input to the girls. For <laughs> um, soccer, football is quite a hush-hush. Yeah, enjoy coffee. Yes.
0: Well, that's good. Oh, that's good. Well, it's sounding pretty good anyway. And uh, what do you think? Should we go for a run?
1: I'd love to go. I'd love to go for a run, yes.
0: So we'll just go out the front door and do, do something different? Hell
1: no. No? The Up the
0: mountain? <laughs> How much time have we got? We've got two hours. All right, we're on. Okay, thanks for your time, Brett. <laughs>
1: Thanks Martin, it's great to see you, mate. Let's go for a run.
0: Good on see on you, thank you. All right. We're still live there. I've got this on. I just realized I had that on my 3G. That's why the battery was going oh. so quickly. Let's do the pause. See you everyone. I said you see someone there should be in school. Emily should it. be in school. <laughs> <laughs> Love that little
1: bugger. Oh, that's great. Oh god.
0: That was good. I enjoyed that. That Thank you for that. I'm I'm really annoyed with this. I'm going to plug this in. I bet you it'll work. I was about to say, you probably get home and be like, oh, that wonderful (laughs) cable (laughs) Basically, we